Welcome to the Housing Matters Podcast, brought to you by the California Association of Realtors and the Center for California Real Estate. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another Housing Matters Podcast. My name is Oscar Way. I'm with Jordan Levine. Hey, everyone. Hey, um, two weeks ago, we talked about you know the uh, market possibly um, shifting because at that time we didn't have the June's number but we have a little bit more numbers so we want to talk a little bit more about that right yeah especially in the context of all these articles that you guys have probably been uh, reading about the market shift and different kind of economists and analysts out there saying different stuff so we felt like it would be good to to revisit it but we also got some economic news that we wanted to talk about in our top five for five absolutely we have some positive stuff so let's bear with us we'll talk about those for you know five ten minutes before we dive into the market shift stuff um, so the big news one of the big news uh, in recent weeks is about GDP yeah the economy is growing in fact it's growing at a pretty strong rate Right. I mean, in your presentation and my presentation before the Q2 numbers got released, we were been saying, okay, the first quarter has been actually kind of soft, a little weak. Uh, it, GDP uh, in the first quarter was only up about uh, 2%. But the second quarter kind of bounced back a little bit. Yeah, definitely. And one of the nice things, at least from my perspective, is that, yes, you know, consumer spending continues to grow and remains relatively robust. That's been the case for a long time. Consumers have largely largely been, I think, carrying the economy right, um, right. on its back for a while. But the nice part is that we're starting to see both business investment coming around on structures and investment in equipment and things like that and also some good news on exports and on government spending so it's a more well-rounded uh, growth number which is why i think that it's a little bit higher than what it has been when we were primarily relying on on consumers yeah absolutely i mean the first quarter consumer spending was a very lackluster 0.5 percent uh, which by a lot of standard like the the previous quarter and the quarter before that I think it was close to four percent in the third and the fourth quarter not quite four percent but three three point one three point nine percent or something like that the first quarter actually dropped quite a bit um, maybe because of uh, sales of auto vehicles and things like that right. second quarter this last quarter it was pretty robust now I don't remember the exact date of Amazon Prime <laughs> I don't know whether it has anything to do with that yeah I, I think mean, Prime Day was actually in July then. Oh, okay, year. so maybe not. So, so we much. might get even better news in the third quarter. Who knows? Never Who know. knows? But you know, safe to say that we all spend a little bit more. Maybe hate hate to just you know put everything on a tax reform, but I have to say tax reform probably have some influence, especially in the uh, you know people going out to spend money on on dining and things like that. Um, it may not necessarily appear as a big paycheck, you know, back to us, you know, uh, necessary uh, money for buying a house. But, you know, at least some of the stuff could be spent on retailing and, and yeah, you know, definitely going out meal. to eat all that good stuff. So and, and I noticed that I don't know for sure, but I noticed that, you know, when I sometimes I, I, I like to go, you know, cheap and eat something like fast food. I noticed that, you know, that price actually have gone up, too. So. Yeah, exactly. No, that's something that's probably a good thing for me. Honestly, it'll keep my uh, <laughs> my eating in check. But you can definitely see the prices have started to go up as well. Both the um, you know core CPI numbers are up about two two point two percent, which is right in that kind of target zone for the Fed. But uh, you know the the thing that I think is is optimistic from a forward looking standpoint is is the business investment, right? Because they're making fixed investments, which basically translate into right. non residential structures. That's their um, you know 
know, factories, their office buildings, all that kind of stuff, and also the equipment, right? And those are things that actually expand their future capacity. Not only are you going to have a, a bigger warehouse, a bigger office space, um, but you have more equipment, and that means typically that you're intending on hiring more people to come and run those machines, to occupy that space. And so I think that that's also kind of a positive indicator of where they think the labor market's going as well, that they're planning sure. on on employing more resources down the road, be it more equipment or more people, and probably a nice little mix of both. And so that suggests, I think, that the at least the business community out there thinks that there's some staying power to this current growth. I agree with you. The only thing that I want to point out is you point out you know, equipment is um, I noticed that the last month and the month before the equipment uh, percent change was actually very robust in a high single digit uh, close to nine percent right this quarter I noticed that equipment investment spending actually uh, it's still increased but at a uh, smaller rate at around uh, three point nine percent so that's uh, something to be cautious about I still I still think you know businesses are very optimistic but of course uh, something to keep in mind because we're looking at all around you know the numbers and we want to see you know that it continues to stay at a high level as well right but i think that in itself is kind of a testament to how far the economy's come where we are really riding on lackluster growth for much of this current business cycle 2010 all the way through to the last um, couple of years and and so the fact that we're kind of um, concerned about right. a four percent real increase in equipment spending i think is is a testament True. to to how well the economy is actually doing so yeah the other thing that also I want to bring up is uh, uh, about net export or export import. Right. Now, something that we are all aware of is the trade uh, tension between China and uh, U.S. and, of course, U.S. with other countries. Right. Now, recently, I know things got softened up between the U.S. and EU. Yep. Uh, but prior to that meeting and prior to, let's say, the um, current um sort of, not exactly announcement, the, the Twitter announcement saying that, you know, U.S. Uh, may impose uh, more tariff on the $200 billion. Prior to that, people will probably already have an idea that there will be some um, uh, tension. Right. And so I think there might be some ramp up in uh, exports uh, in the second quarter. Yeah, definitely. And we saw some uh, of the biggest levels of exports that we've seen Absolutely. in a long time. So despite, 9%? yeah, wow. exactly. That's a that's a big growth number and definitely helped to um, cushion the blow of all the importing that we're still doing as Americans. Yeah. And that's why um, I'm very uh, uh, positive about the second quarter, but going into the third quarter, you know, as far as sustainability, whether we can keep up with the 4%, I'm Still kind of on the fence a little bit because I think some people, uh, some companies may cut back on the export part of it. Um, and so, you know, I'm not holding on to that 4% just yet for the third quarter. Yeah, I mean, look, historically, 4% is hard to maintain over time. Oh, we absolutely. get quarters here and there of 4, 5, sometimes even 6% growth if you go back 30, 40 years. Um, you can pick out those quarters we do that. But to sustain that pace of growth for, for a long time is very difficult. What about closer to home for... For our members, something happened in terms of home sales nationally, too, that we should probably touch on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course, you know, when you see second quarter GDP being great, you know, you think labor market is great, you would think that home sales should be should be great, too, They should right? follow suit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, you know, maybe for April, but, you know, for the, uh, for the latest month, 
you know, in existing home sales at the national level, let's talk about the national home sales first. Yep. It seems like uh, we have a little bit of a setback. Yeah, definitely. I mean, again, like you said, despite all of the good economic news, we had home sales that are actually down about 0.6%. So they're currently running about 5.38 million, almost 5.4 million, but that's down actually 2.2% from a year ago. So they're seeing, you know, not to the same extent that we are here in California, but even in the rest of the U.S., it looks like that rising prices, a deterioration of affordability, and actually tight inventories by national standards um, have started to cut into the ability of the housing market to continue to grow the number of transactions. I think you you nailed it, um, you know, when you said the uh, home prices have grown. And in fact, you know, for even for the national level, um, it has actually hit the all-time high, another all-time high. Um, at uh, with an increase of 5.2 percent from last year, the the new high is now 276,000, and that's of course for all homes, including condo and townhome. Um, not a surprise to us because we know we have hit some new highs at the California level. Right. But the fact that the median sales price for a na- at the national level hit new high definitely cut into the affordability. Yeah, definitely. I mean, unfortunately, when you look at the wage numbers and things like that, they're not going up by 5.2%, unfortunately. And so that means that more Americans fall behind the curve from an affordability standpoint. And I mean, just the raw number of it, like the the national median is quickly approaching 300,000. And that's a, a big number nationwide. A lot of these states have, you know, much lower average wages than in California, where they're, you know, 50, 60,000, depending on what measure you're looking at, sometimes even higher if we're talking about actual gross incomes that include, you know, not just wages, but other forms of passive income and things like that. And and when you take a, a $300,000 home price and you compare it to thirty five. $40,000 median incomes, which are all in incomes, um, you know, that's a, a pretty big burden for folks to shoulder, especially as rates continue to rise. Absolutely. I mean, you mentioned it before and not, um, not in the last podcast, but like maybe a few podcasts ago, that 5.2% increase in rate in price is just price. And then when you factor in that uh, uh, increase in rates, which we will talk about uh, in a minute, that means, you know, well, your monthly payment will have to increase, what, 6, 7, 8%. Yes, and even more. Absolutely, we're not expecting. I know you know wage growth is improving, but I'm not expecting an eight, nine, ten percent increase in what my wage. I mean, that would be great. Yeah, hey, that's a tough sell. You walk into your boss's office and you say, "Look, I need a a nine percent <laughs> wage increase because interest rates are going up," and that tends to be a a pretty tough sell. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, you know, you would think we talked about supply at the same time. Yeah, you know, um, price increase uh, and sales drop. What do you think about supply? Supply, in fact, actually, actually climbed uh, climbed a little bit yeah definitely and, and that's something that we saw here at home too but you know the the amount of inventory actually went up it's up about 0.5 percent from where it was okay. uh, at the same time last year unsold inventory nationwide is up at 4.3 months which is you know hey we'd kill to have 4.3 months love that. here in california but by national standards it's actually still pretty low although it is improving and that's what makes the the decline in sales somewhat troublesome, right? Is because for a long time, it's been inventory that's really been right. holding back the market. Now we're starting to see that inventory come back and it looks like that there's some impediments to to turning those into quick sales, right? If it was just the inventory holding us back, you would expect that as soon as those new listings came right. online, they'd be getting snapped up by consumers. And the fact that they aren't suggests that there's something under the hood there where you know folks are either unwilling or unable to jump into the market at these prices. 
Yeah, could it be an expectation, uh, a difference in expectation between buyers and sellers holding off on sales? I mean, concern, I mean, given the fact that, of course, inventory only climbed 0.5% and it's the first climb, but I'm pretty sure that next month or so it's probably going to climb more. Now, talking about, uh, you know, upcoming months, maybe we can take a look at the pending home sales at the national level to get an idea of whether we're expecting a little bit better uh, sales in the coming months. Yeah, unfortunately, that's where kind of the the news starts to be less positive, right? Oh, really? Oh, because, come on. Because <laughs> the uh, the June number na nationwide, at least, was down about two point five percent from a year ago, and uh, June's you know in July are supposed to be the really hot you know true. months, and so the fact that June's pending sales went down suggests that we might not get this kind of bounce back in July that we were hoping for. That June might not just be a one time deal in terms of declining home sales, unfortunately. Well, I mean. I, I, of course, you can blame it on a lot of things, um, interest rate increase or interest rate uncertainty, I should say, because there has been some fluctuation, but not necessarily uh, quite a bit of increase in the last couple of weeks or so. Right, right. But uncertainty, definitely. Um, but you know, supply, I mean, can we say it is supply? Maybe, but it's uh, getting a little iffy um, now compared to like two, three months ago. Yeah, definitely. I mean, with those listings going up, it's, you know, you're finding it harder and harder to place all of the blame on the inventory front. And that's why, again, I think that affordability is, is starting to jockey with, with inventory as, as a key constraint holding back the market. And the thing that I'm concerned about when I look at the pending home sales index, I look at some of the regional stuff. When I look at the West region, that's pretty troublesome. Uh, I mean, I, we said it dropped 2.5% uh, at the national level, but at the West region, it's actually dropped 5.6% when compared to last year. That is really concerning for me. Yeah, definitely. It doesn't give you the warm and fuzzies about what June's going to look like in California, especially because California makes up such a huge chunk right. of the West region. I mean, when we're talking about West region, we're really talking about, you know, California, Seattle, and to a lesser extent, I think probably, um, you know, Denver and, and Colorado, but really it's it's mostly Californian. And so that doesn't portend well for for the trajectory of home sales next month. True. I mean, six percent, close to six percent. That's a little concerning. Now let's let's take a look at you know whether home sales. You know, of course, uh, people are buying. People, domestic people, meaning you know, people who work in the United States or uh, working you know in California, buy homes. But we also have some international buyers. I know um, NAR recently released a report on international buyers. Um, maybe that shines some lights on it as well, even though it actually shows a very very small percentage of total sales. Right. You look at the international activities at the U.S. level, it's actually fresh off the press about two days ago. Um, it's not showing anything encouraging also. <laughs> That's right. I mean, it's actually showing a decline of um, 21%. Which is a big, huge, big number. Huge. Yeah. Now, um, it has to, there, there are more things to consider for international sales. You know, of course, interest rates and all the things that we talked about before, those are uh, factors. But there's also currency rates. There are also, you know, whether uh, money can get out of uh, the country. So there are a lot of different things to consider. But, you know, just looking at this number, 21%. Now, even though the total sales uh, is still not a, a small number, 121 billion right you know hey. it's still a small not, not a small number but the 21 percent decline is very concerning um it makes up now compared to uh the uh, state of california it's a higher share it right. makes up eight percent of the total sales which is 
and I don't re- I don't have a historical number to compare with right now right in front of me, but the California number is only three percent. Yeah, a little less than half of that. Yeah, so uh, you know the foreign buyers are are important, but they're shrinking. And I think that you know some of the speculation I've seen, which are things that are harder to quantify, which is maybe why some of these analysts like talking about them. It's hard to to prove them wrong uh-huh. on those things. But they say that there's a kind of political element too. So yes, I think so. countries are clamping down on folks taking currency out of the you know Chinese market, things like that, which is a big source of demand, foreign demand here in California. Um, but you also see that there's kind of a, a souring of, of attitudes, or at least that's the theory that folks are also kind of worried about, um, you know, coming into to California and America more generally, just kind of from a, a political standpoint, too. And again, almost impossible to measure that. But there's, you know, given the size of these declines, despite the fact that prices are still going up um you know i think that there is at least a little something there i think so and and of course we can't ignore the fact that yeah home prices a lot of people uh you know that you know a lot of people come to buy buy in california you know they buy in florida florida is probably a little cheaper than california but a lot of people buy in california and you know when they look at those home prices you know home prices going up by eight or nine percent and when they compare how much home prices have gone up in their home country, you know, they may actually end up, or maybe not just in their home country, you know, in some other countries, they may actually end up buying uh, properties in some of the other countries. So I think the supply shortage as well as the housing affordability also play a role, even though it may not play as big a role as some of the buyers here, Right. but it definitely plays a role. Yeah, definitely. And how about the last of our top five? Because I think this one will be relatively quick, but that's the Fed, right? What happened at the yeah. Fed meeting? Now, we said, you know, we expect the Fed to continue to increase rates, but, uh, you know, just uh, today they have the FOMC meeting, and, and uh, they decide, well, let's hold off on it for a little bit. Um, even though second quarter's number just released, they know that it's strong, it's actually pretty solid, but they hold off on raising rates. But they changed the language a little bit. I mean, we always pay attention to the language of FOMC, uh, but they changed the, uh, the pace of the economic growth from solid to strong. Right. And they don't do those type of things willy nilly. So the fact that they're <laughs> right. calling the economy um, strong means that, you know, we should expect more rate hikes. In fact, I'm somewhat surprised, honestly, that they didn't raise rates, um, you know, this week because both, you know, the economy right. is grown at its fastest pace in a while. But also, if you look at both, you know, the PCE deflator and the CPI numbers, even after you strip out food and energy, we're at that, you know, 2.2 percent level for for yeah which is a higher than their target range and so um you know i feel fairly confident that we're going to get more rate hikes this year you know in september probably for sure but definitely at least one before the end of the year you know what i think i think they're holding off partly because of the concern about the trade tension so let's let's say maybe they'll say let's wait a little bit let's see if anything is going to happen Right. Um, and they so, want to give me my September birthday present. So. <laughs> and it's only six weeks. So, you know, yeah. we'll see. I mean, we still believe that there will be more increase in interest rates. Definitely. So, now, let's turn our attention to, you know, the uh, the, the core of our subject today, uh, which is the market shift. You know, the market in June, we released some of June's number, and it's not um, very desirable in a way. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't too pretty. Unfortunately, sales went down by I think their biggest uh, biggest decline in almost 4 years, right? They were yeah. down fairly substantially. Wow. And and it's I mean, of course, it's still above that 400 400k benchmark that we always allude to and and, and mention, 
but still 7%, 8% or 7.3% to be exact is not a small number. Right. Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, unfortunately, when you look at it, it was really uh, concentrated down at the bottom end of the market. And so, again, that's, you know, despite the fact that we've had more listings come online, we've seen, um, you know, sales of under 750, under 300 in particular, I think we're down by more than 20% last month, and and it was right the way up the board. And so uh, that's, that's concerning both for consumers, right, because they're, um, you know, not able or willing to get into these homes it's a concern for our members too because um, you know we've been waiting all along for this boost in inventory and now we're finally starting to see it and it's not translating into more sales and and it is not um, as concerning if it's just one month it's but it's back to back and you know to uh, to a degree that we're actually um, maybe adjusting our forecast a little bit you know because we before uh, May our April number shows a 1.5% uh, year-to-date number. But right. uh, with the May down and June's number down, we actually are seeing a year-to-date number of negative um, uh, 1%, 1.1%. So that's a little concerning. And you know, going forward with the next six months, last year's second half of the year was pretty strong. So uh, it's tough to beat last year. So we're making some uh, uh, adjusting our assumptions a little bit. Yeah, so stay tuned for that. We will definitely be sharing an updated forecast with you in the coming months. But uh, no, I think you nailed it. It's it's scary that that sales are are not coming back around, and they've been down for um, several months in a row. It's just you know the like I said, we've been waiting for that inventory, and now that we are starting to see it, uh, we're still not getting those those good growth numbers, and and you know. That's despite the fact that the market still seemed very competitive. Inventory is still fairly low right. by historical standards, right? And prices continue to go up. So. Right. Well, you said inventory. Let's address the inventory issue first before we talk about prices. Inventory, just like at the national level, it has been increasing. It's continued to increase. But, you know, I said earlier the national number increased for the first time, you know, in the last 30-some months or so. But for California, it actually, this is the third month. That we're seeing increase and that's a substantial increase too yeah definitely and uh you know over eight percent growth in active listings again you know ask me six months ago and i would have said that's <laughs> you know that's going to be the shot in the arm that we really need to get this market moving and i think that you know especially when you look at where the listings are are coming from because you know we're seeing growth not just at the top end actually listings that you know homes priced a million or higher have actually been growing for some time even back into last year in 2017 we were seeing growth at the top end unfortunately that's a, a fairly small segment of the overall market here in California and so even though the top end was growing we were having big steep declines in active listings at the bottom end of the market and that was enough to tip overall um, inventory into the negative now we're starting to see growth you know, of course, under 300,000 didn't grow. I think they were still right, down by right. about 3.8% um, last month. But 300 all the way up to 750, which had really been suffering from big double-digit declines in active listings last year, have really turned around. In fact, they were up, I think, 10 or 12%, um, depending on which one of those market segments you're looking at. And that's a huge swing. It is. And, it is. you know, double-digit growth in active listings is, is big. And so the fact that... Um, especially if you look at it in terms of acceleration. We're economists and nerds, but if you look at you know how that 12% growth or 13% growth compares to uh, what they were doing last year when they were down by 10% or a little bit more, that's actually a 20, 25% oh, yeah. swing in the growth rate from where it was a year ago 
to where it is today. And yet, despite that, we still saw those double-digit declines in um, in sales in those segments, despite that new inventory. And so, for me, that you know, the thing that I worry about, at least, and you mentioned the mismatch and expectations between buyers and sellers at the uh -huh. national level. Um, but I, you know, I worry that we've let our supply problems drag on so long that they're now starting to become demand problems, right? Where folks are either, again, unable to because prices have just risen so much that they're out of reach for some of our, you know, lower and middle wage income earners, but also um, on top of the rising rates that, you know, they're, they're not able to get into the market. And some folks, I think, also still have, you know, what I've been jokingly calling that emotional scar tissue or that psychological scar tissue where they saw what happened to people back in 2005, six, who bought at the top of the market right before prices plunged, you know, 40, 50, 60%, depending on what region. And and I think there's some trepidation out there as folks don't wanna be the ones left kind of holding the bag. And I think you're seeing both uh, the affordability erode so much that it's preventing people from jumping in, but also that psychological element where folks are actually worried about if we're at a peak or not. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's, it's always going to be lingering in their mind and, you know, they could actually, that could actually turn into um, a reality, you know, by thinking that, overthinking that, you know, uh, it may actually at the peak, home prices start uh, dipping a little bit or slowing down a little bit. I don't think, you know, we're going to see any price dip, you know, anytime soon, but right. slowing down in terms of prices. And of course, that uh, uncertainty about interest rates. Yeah. You know, it's just add on to it. People may be holding off. And if, the sellers and the buyers don't come to the table uh, very, very soon. I think we might see a little bit more softening. Yeah, in home prices, definitely. And I think that there's you know additional evidence of this kind of demand being eroded a little bit, especially at the bottom end. I mean, when you look at unsold inventory, we have our you know normal unsold inventory index, which is at three months right now, but we also break that down by price segment. And one of the things that I thought was really interesting when I was digging into those numbers is that unsold inventory was actually up in all of the categories kind of below a million dollars right and they were down at the top end of the market which is exactly the opposite of what we've been seeing for a long time where it was the bottom end that was tight and getting tighter and there wasn't really an issue at the top end of the market same thing with time on market right it's 15 days in aggregate for our entire state uh -huh. um, but what we saw was that you know time on market is down at the top end of the market and it was either flat or up slightly at the bottom end now look 15 days is still a really really short uh, amount of time and so it's definitely not time to panic or anything like that but it does suggest that um, it's becoming less competitive at the bottom end of the market despite the fact that it's still the tightest market segment and that to me does indicate that there's a bit of a an abating of demand at the bottom end yeah i mean of course we won't know for sure until we you know move on for the next couple months or so but we'll definitely find out a little bit more now i don't think we mentioned too much about uh home prices whether it hit the, um, the record again, um, but it did. It I mean, sure did. That's yeah. why, you know, you mentioned about housing affordability. You know, we, we, we talk about, you know, uh, what home price, a month ago, a year ago, we talked about whether it will surpass, you know, the peak. And yep. I think we, at that time, we made an assessment that, you know, around the summertime, it's going to hit the peak, surpass the peak again. And obviously it did surpass 600,000. And then again, in June, it hit a new high of 602,800. Yeah. Um, so 
We don't have you know any numbers on housing affordability yet, but the second quarter number on housing affordability will be uh, coming out coming next out week. Next week, yeah. And so that will show you how it actually eroded the housing affordability with the home prices increase and also interest rates. Um, and of course, you know we're, when we look at the six hundred thousand, we're only talking about you know statewide number. If you look at all the other regions. You know, some of the regions are actually have gone up to a million dollars in the Bay Area, for example. Yeah, exactly. I think in San Francisco, it's like 1.6 million. And keep in mind, these are median prices, right? The median is that 50th percentile. That means that actually half the homes that are being sold in the Bay Area right. are over 1.6 million, which is really kind of scary to uh, to think about as somebody who you know doesn't make multiple millions of dollars every year. And you mentioned uh, before, you know, many of those who cannot uh, uh, live in Bay Area because of income, because of some other issues, down payment or whatever, they move to some of the uh, neighboring areas such as Sacramento, such as San Joaquin, Stanislaus. And you can see, you know, those areas, those counties also see increase of six or seven, eight percent in price, which is uh, a little tough, you know, because housing affordability is not only deteriorating in the Bay Area, but also in some of the more affordable areas. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that that's going to be a real challenge for some of these areas that have traditionally been more affordable, right? Is that, you know, folks from the Bay Area are looking at places like West Sacramento and things like that and saying, look how cheap the home prices are. And they come in with their higher incomes. And, and actually drive up prices. And that might actually price out those existing residents out of the market. And lo and behold, you do see that that's kind of a, a little two-step happening where you have people uh-huh. coming from the Bay Area driving up prices in places like Sacramento. And people who've been from Sacramento for a long time are now being priced out and going you know, even farther afield to places like you know, Yuba, Sutter, Butte counties, or even out of the state to like Nevada, Texas, or Arizona. And I think that that's going to be something that that's really going to continue as long as we have a strong economy and and continue to underbuild. And so, uh, you know, for those of us who already own our own homes, it's great to see our home equity right. go up. But for those of us who have kids or grandkids and wonder, um, you know, how they're going to be able to ever afford housing and, you know, am I going to have to take a plane out to Idaho or something to visit my grandkids? Um, I think that's a, a more valid concern and it's probably going to be one that continues to be um, ever present as we move forward. So I think it hopefully provides the impetus for us to start getting our supply house in right, order right. Um, but you know it, it makes it really challenging yeah I mean so looking forward of course we are, we only have six months of data to work with for 2018 but moving forward we have a few more months now you know of course we still have our uh, reimagine our expo coming out and we will release our forecast in a few months or so uh, but looking forward it looks like um, we might have to make some adjustment on yeah. assumptions now uh, talk about you know what do you think you know, going forward in the next couple months or so. Sure. Yeah, I think it's going to be continued um, difficulty. I think, you know, inventory, although it started to come back, is still tight. We still have that mismatch between expectations. Uh-huh. And, you know, buyers are, are feeling very optimistic. They're feeling very uh, much like they're still in the driver's seat from a pricing standpoint. And we're starting to see that buyer fatigue set in. And, and even if you just do a very basic um, experiment, some basic calculations,
projections and say we're up negative 1.1% through the first six months of this year, what would it take for us to actually get up to that one, one and a half percent range that we were um, forecasting last right. year? And, and it would actually take a pretty significant turnaround. I think that now we're in, you know, late July or early August now, actually, but uh, you know, more than half of the home sales for the year are already in the rearview mirror. And so, for us to turn things around and not just reverse the 1.1% decline that we have so far, but get it all the way up to 1% into the positive territory is is a fairly tall order. And I just don't see it happening, unfortunately. Yeah, and and it has to be done. If that if we are doing it, we have to actually get it done under an environment where interest rate will continue to increase for another 25 to 50 basis point most likely and you know we're not seeing the increase of the price to uh, to drop anytime soon so yeah if you lock if you're a homeowner if you're thinking you know I'm just concerned about prices yeah you're okay I mean we're thinking of seven or eight percent increase by the end of the year and throughout the year yeah that's gonna be fine but at the same time for any home buyers first-time buyers repeat buyers it's gonna be really really tough you know inventory we think inventory could see some you know increase in the next few months compared to the previous year yep uh, but uh, it's not looking very positive as far as sales activity is concerned. Yeah, and again, those those new listings just aren't turning into sales at the same rate that they have been. And so, uh, again, going to be very, very difficult. But, uh, you know, I definitely don't think it's time to panic yet either. I mean, when you look at all of our survey research, people still want to own homes. It's still part of the American dream. Um, interest rates, although they've risen a lot, are still fairly low by historical standards. And I think there's, you know, enough high income earners out there and people who want to be in California that will still, um, you know, generate some sales. We're not going to see sales totally fall off a cliff like they did back in 2005, six or seven. It's just going to be more challenging than what's, you know, typical. Yeah. And, and, and if you look at it also, you know, the, the economy is still going well. I yeah. mean, we're still looking at an economy with an labor, uh, with an employment rate below 4%, uh, at 4% or below 4% next year. Yep. And we're still looking at growth rate possibly for this year close to 3% if not exceed 3%, which is something that we haven't done. If it's 3%, we haven't done that for a while. Right. So we're still looking at an economy with quite a bit of housing demand. It's just a matter of people figuring out, you know, the finances and also, uh, you know, wondering you know, where the supply is. We may have a little bit more supply and maybe uh, hopefully, you know, next year, late this year, uh, early next year, we'll see some softening in prices. Uh, which will uh, allow us to have a uh, higher affordability. Yeah, definitely. We don't want prices to fall by any means, but if they grew at a slightly slower pace, that would at least give folks incomes a chance to start catching up. Right. And again, this is only six months. We will get more data and we will have more updated uh, forecasts for you guys uh, very shortly. Definitely. And you can be sure that we'll be uh, watching these numbers like a hawk. We are, you know, kind of in the midst of, I think, the, the initial stages of a bit of a market shift. And so um, we'll probably be focusing on this in the weeks and months ahead. So stay tuned to the podcast. And, uh, and as soon as we know something, you guys will know, too. Definitely. Well, I think we should just wrap it up now. And uh, like I said, you know, we will get you more information as soon as possible. Yep. And uh, thank you guys so much. We will see you next time. All right. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye.